0: And welcome back to a new episode of Music Works. Today we are honoured to have a very special guest, Vic Bain, who is president of the Incorporated Society of Musicians and founder of The F List, all while completing her PhD on women's careers in the music industry. In this episode we will discuss Vic's main focus of work research recently, which is in diversity, misogyny and discrimination within the music industry, and the powerful papers that she's been involved in creating for the ISM and the F-list. So shortly we will head over to the Music Works studio where Vic is waiting, but first here is an advert from our sponsor. Music Works is sponsored by the Musicians' Union. I'm a member of the Musicians' Union. It's the trade union for musicians living and or working in the UK, and it's a community of 32,000 members working to protect musicians' rights and campaigning for a fairer industry. As well as campaigning to fix streaming and keep musicians working in the EU post-Brexit, the union collectively bargains for musicians working in orchestras and theatres and sets minimum recommended rates for freelance musicians working in other sectors. Its expert staff provide contract advice, legal advice and assistance, and a range of benefits and services to help musicians in every aspect of their work. Be part of something bigger and get the recognition you deserve. Join now at the mu.org. Welcome, Vic. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. So today we're talking to Vic Bain, president of the ISM and founder of the Ethlist. List. I'm very excited about this conversation. Vic, I've been um, following your work for some time, um, heard you speak on various panels. Um, for those uh, listening who perhaps are less familiar with your work, do you want to introduce yourself and what you do?
1: of course so uh, yes hello everybody um i've been working in various parts of the music industry for 25 years now Uh, i think i've done everything from event management to running awards and but really i think maybe for the past 17 years my focus has been working with membership organizations um either working for them or running running them And at the minute, I am president of the Incorporated Society of Musicians, which I'm absolutely loving. And I'm also founder of a not-for-profit organization supporting female musicians called The F-List. And in between all of that, I'm squeezing in a PhD looking at women's careers in music as well.
0: (laughs) Wow. Squeezing in a PhD is something. Fantastic. Um, and so we've come to talk about um, the, the work that you've been doing most recently for these, these organisations. You've got some really um, hard-hitting uh, papers um, in progress. So shall we start with um, the, uh, you've just submitted a paper to the government, I believe, on behalf of the F-List?
1: Yes, that's that's right. With one of my fellow board directors, Dr. Metka Petochnik, so we've we've submitted a response to the Women and Equalities Committee on uh, on a call for responses to misogyny in music. So that was um, a very a very interesting and timely call, I th- I think. I, I, I mean, I know that the ISM and you know all of the other music organizations have submitted responses as well. But it was really important that we did at the EFLIS too, because we are a large community of uh, of female musicians, and this is a you know this is um, a topic which affects many many women and can can act as a, a control mechanism for you know to to stop women's careers and um in extreme cases to remove them from the from the industry so it was very important we we put a response in
0: absolutely um and um, can you tell us a bit about what the response looked like
1: well the um the call was for very specific questions so they were really focused on um Uh, misogynistic lyrics in songs which was a was an an interesting um, topic to respond to and also about um, women attending festivals and events so we really you know we really wanted to point out that it was this is a this is a, a a thing which is not just affecting audiences and fans it's also affecting the women on stage the female musicians on stage who have to have to work in in, in these environments so we we gave a, a, a lot of let's say a lot of a lot of facts and evidence we were able to put in our, our response and not least because my my PhD covers this this topic as well so I was sort of very very well versed with with the evidence that's out there and it ch- shows that it's a huge problem. For, hmm. for for women across all sectors of, of of music.
0: So, was the call out focused more on audiences than people in the industry then? Or
1: no, I mean it. Um, I think that particular that particular question about um, you know w- women's safety at festivals. It, it I think they were. It, it was questioned in a way that I think they were um, initially thinking of audiences and fans. Mm. But we really wanted to point to point out that, um, you know, for female musicians, this is their work, this is their working environment.
0: Absolutely. We did an episode with the um, Musicians Union about their safe space quite a while ago on this podcast. And this topic came up then as well. But would you would you talk a bit about the uh, the safety issues for, for musicians at work?
1: Well, it's, um, it's, it's just very prevalent. And of course, it's prevalent across all sectors of music. But I think female musicians can be particularly vulnerable. And they can be vulnerable in many ways. Um, with the fact that most musicians are self employed. So it's over 80% of, mu- of musicians are, are self employed, and therefore there's no protections. So they're going into environments where it's not not clear who you know who they could go to for help if there was if there was a problem. There's also an issue about not wanting to report things that have happened to them because of many you know um, many reasons, and that that could be you know not wanting to be seen as a troublemaker. Um, maybe the per, you know the person who is uh, is being um, abusive is um the person who's actually in charge of your um your work contract and that's very difficult and so this you know there's a real power imbalance through 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 the music industry and and as i said it, it happens in all sectors but i think with music um especially the gatekeepers in the industry or male artists Certain male artists who are, are very successful, they can they can hide and um, abuse the power that they that they have. So, if there's a world famous opera singer, for instance, you know who's been top of his game for 20 or 30 years and is la- you know lauded all around the world, um, if that person is abusive to, to, to you. What are you going to do? Who you know? Who who are you going to tell? What uh, you know? What recourse to um, sorting out that situation do you have? So there's not you know. It's a very it's a, yeah. It's a very I would say heightened um, situation situation for female musicians. And then not least by um, also in certain inv- environments. And obviously in a concert hall, it's going to be it's going to be less dramatic than if you're in a um, a boozy festival tent but uh abuse abuse from fans themselves as uh, as well to to female musicians performing on stage can you know can also be an issue with the and lack of um, dressing rooms and security men who don't understand that um, um you know that even that you might be performing <laughs> um I've heard I've heard you know numerous numerous situations of female musicians not even being able to get, Onto the stage, because the security teams didn't realise that they were musicians and they weren't—they weren't just fans. <laughs> the list goes on. Wow. No, no, I mean, and I'm laughing and smiling, but it is a very—it's no, you know, a, a very serious um, conversation.
0: Yeah, absolutely, it's very serious. I think the the nuances of the music industry or the sort of particulars about how it works do really allow that um, those kind of less obvious imbalances to come through the imbalances of like the assumptions that people make about you the assumptions that people make about your ability to state what you need or maintain your own boundaries or not be influenced by um, power dynamics Um, those things exist across all industries but I do think they are particularly prevalent in music so uh, yeah, thank you, as you say, very um, very important and um, complex issue. And were you able what so the, the paper having been focused on very specific questions, was it able was it sort of geared towards a, a good response being possible to be put forward?
1: Well we certainly you know made, made numerous recommendations. Yeah you know not not least that the equalities act needs to be strengthened I, I mean i'm watching with horror at the um political shenanigans going on right now which is you know su- suggesting that um the equalities act should be removed which you know um is 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 a would be a, would be an absolutely terrible situation not least because it combines 50 years worth of um legislative protections across all all aspects of society so we we're, we're calling for it to be strengthened and in in particular for freelance musicians to um to be to be covered I, you know one of the one of the things that we we think uh, should be very specifically articulated is that musicians who are, who are on record label contracts or music publishing contracts should have some sort of protections as well. Because I think most people outside music don't realize that uh, being signed to a label um, is basically a, a loan agreement. It's, a, yeah. it, it's an economic contract rather rather than you know giving you any sort of protection at all but you know so we so we think there's opportunity there to give to give signed artists more more protection Mm. um uh, you know and you know lots you know there should be greater consequences for victimization and victimization is is where where people are, are brave enough to to come for Come forward to make complaints about discrimination and harassment, and actually victimisation is a is a is a huge issue. So we've got yes a whole range of um, recommendations that we would like to see Im- implemented, and and in in live music ven- venues as well. You know, greater mandatory training for all venue staff, all festival staff, and their security t- teams. Mm. It should be mandatory in the same way that all of these organisations have to go through health and safety and fire training.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what what could the impact be if your recommendations are taken up? What sort of on the ground changes might would would we see in that event?
1: Well, certainly greater. I mean, if everybody has to go through, you know, a certain level of equality, diversity and inclusion training, it, it, you know it would it would certain certainly um, give more awareness many many people are not aware of um the basics it, 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 either either with their rights as individuals or or companies of their responsibilities to towards the in, in, individuals who are in their employ so i think the end of that could be a real cultural, um game game changer if every, if everybody had to und- undergo training and was more aware of their their rights and responsibilities in in this area hopefully it would it would lead to us being a bit more considerate and civilized and inclusive
0: absolutely there's a sort of there's obviously a level of this which is people acting in ways that are definitely dangerous and damaging but there's also a level in which there's a an ignorance or a lack of what's well, a privilege isn't it a lack of it having touched people and therefore them just sort of assuming that everyone goes about their lives in a certain way and that 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 these things aren't really an issue because they've never never seen them and never experienced them um, there's probably a better way of expressing it than i just have but it's that sort of um i think some people undergo diversity training for example and go okay i understand this now without really understanding how they can impact it and and seeing how uh, their kind of own behavior continues it in sort of fairly micro ways do you know what i mean
1: well we we all have a have a have a responsibility we all we all do as ind- individuals you know i can um, i think an analogy i can i can liken it to is so i, t- I turned vegetarian when i was about 11 many many years ago now um, and I you know and I did that for for various reasons but I you know I just and I, and I certainly think the planet would be a better place if 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 we all ate considerably less meat um, you know you just you just have to and there are seven billion people in the world and I'm only one person but you just have to change one person at a time don't you yeah you just have you just have to start with yourself. Um, you, you know, so my, my being vegetarian, I'm not going to change the world on my own, but I can only start with myself yeah. and, you know, and it's the same with sort of equality, diversity and inclusion behavior, behaviors as well. Um, although I'm now, you know, I've spent the past three, three and a half years focused entirely on this, on this topic. And, um, you know, my partner keeps laughing at me because, you know, I think my, my whole mission has, become that I want the music industry to be to be a better place and you can only start with yourself and your own your own behavior
0: yeah absolutely and the the thing about cultural shifts is that the more that people see those individuals and their different behaviors the more the culture shifts across the board
1: exactly and I think you because of the diversity legislation that we have you know people people are now know that they can't be overly they can't be overtly sexist they can't be overtly racist or ableist you know because that will that really will get them into trouble and they you know and it's um it's frowned upon in our in our cultural norms but what has happened is a lot of these behaviors have become much more covert Mm. so um you know there's microaggressions um it, you know people's behaviors are much more subtle and and now we're wise to it we're calling that out as well
0: so that's in a sense a sign of progress isn't it that's a shame that it translates to the to the um aggression still being there but being more micro <laughs> um but in the sense that it there is a, a move towards that there is evidence that people's behaviour can change.
1: There, there really is and um a very a very interesting project to look at is the uh the harvard implicit bias test i don't know have you ever heard of that no that you should google every get yeah. everyone to google afterwards the <laughs> harvard implicit bias test and they they've over the past 20 or so years they've um received about 20, 22 million responses from people all over the world, and you take these different uh, unconscious bias bias tests. And what they've shown is, everybody has biases. That's you know that's a that's a feature of, of, of humanity. But um, people are definitely a a lot less overtly biased nowadays. A lot less overtly. Um, uh, you know, have have prejudices and uh, are not are not you know really upfront about about those. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is some progress, you know. That yeah. that biases have reduced, but we've still we've still as a you know as a society we've we've a way to we've a way to go, and that and that's why it's so important to look at look at evidence as well, evidence and research for, for everything. I always say facts facts, not opinions.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. I think it is a topic that's very emotive and it can feel it's, it can be easy to feel criticized or to feel as though you're not doing well enough and and mm. and so on mm. um, with the best intentions. So you know facts and evidence like that are incredibly powerful for um, for helping get the message across. Um, so on that note, we were the other um, piece of work that we wanted to talk about um, was the the dignity at work. Um, paper for the ISM. Would you like to talk to us about um, about dignity at work?
1: Yes. Well, it incorporates all of these things we've been talking about. Really, the ISM. I mean, it's just it's been such a, such a pleasure to be involved with with them, and I've been on the board for, for a, f- a few years now. And as a as a music membership organisation, they are very unusual, and that they have a um, a majority female membership. It's about 11 and a half thousand members now, which is I mean, it's doubled in size in less than 10 years, which is amazing. Um, all of the other music membership organisations and union, unions have majority male memberships. So it's a different, a different sort of vibe, a different sort of culture and also an all female leadership team. Which as well, which is also I think unique in in it is certainly different from anything interesting. I've experienced
0: which came first,
1: yes, which came first I don't I don't actually know, um, but Deborah Annett, the amazing CEO, has been there since about two thousand and eight, I think mm. and you know, and she's overseen this and this this incredible expansion and has attracted a lot of a lot of female members in. Mm. So I think a great
0: example of leadership positions, uh, e- power of
1: <laughs> exactly
0: power of boards, yeah.
1: and so and so I and so myself as the president, in, in fact, and because it's like a presidential trio, you have an, an outgoing, a, a current, and a um a, an, a, an elect president coming in, and we're all women, and it's just it's just a you know it's just a really um, a unique. Um, place to work in, 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 in music. So I'm living it. Mm. And we're doing lots of work on diversity and Deborah Annitz has always um, had a focus and a passion for for this. So back in 2017, they were 2017, 2018, they did a report called Dignity at Work, which was looking at discrimination and harassment in the music industry. And as far as I can tell from from my literature review, that was the first piece of work focused on this particular topic for U- for UK musicians and it, you know it was depressing reading 60% of respondents had experienced some sort of discrimination and harassment and it wasn't all women uh responding to this there were uh, you know there were plenty of responses from from men as well because this is not this is not just against women it's you know it's also bullying you know also affects everybody of every gender um so that was pretty pretty depressing reading but they in the wake of that the ism and the musicians union established what they called a code of practice so 120 organizations across all sectors of music have signed up to this code of practice which basically outlines, um, you know, duty of care and responsibility and acknowledgement of responsibilities towards the staff within, you know, within within their um, orbit. So we've been doing an update this year and um hopefully this week i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna start co- co looking looking at the the responses i i believe nearly seven hundred responses were received, which is fantastic really good uh you know body of data to have it to have a look at and hopefully that report will be out in september each time and really what you know what we wanted to hone in on was there's been a lot of a lot of reports and a lot of activity and a lot of campaigns going on around this subject over the past five years. So what has changed? Has anything changed? Has it gotten better or has it gotten worse? So I won't I won't know until I start looking looking at the at the data this mm. this week to see to see where we are. But my instincts tell me that there might not have been an awful lot of improvement but we we'll, yeah. we'll wait and see
0: oh it was interesting to see what comes of that <laughs> yeah um i've got a question about being um i'd love to know what it's like being on an all female board i'm assuming you've you've been on a lot of boards of various maybe <laughs> I think we talk a lot or I certainly hear and talk a lot about makeups of boards and the importance of them and, and also have my own set of experiences of being on various boards and management committees and things like that. I'd love to hear yeah. your thoughts on that.
1: Well, my experiences in, in previous organizations have yes been overwhelmingly male dominated, sometimes sometimes all all male dom- dominated. And, and a really, um, a lot of denial about that status and about whether it could or should be diff- different. Um, so that, you know, so that's, that, that's been, that was tricky, <laughs> I have to say. But things are, things are really changing. And, you know, I think as an industry, I think the, the, the really great thing is there is so much more visibility and conversation about about these topics now than there has ever been so that's a good that's a good first step that's like realizing that you are ill and you need and you need to go to the doctor for (laughs) help you know that's the that's the first step Mm. so so being on an all-female board with the ism it's an equally balanced board a gender gender balanced board slightly slightly more women and um yeah and that's that that's good because we do you know it is good to have uh, um diversity Mm. of voices for for thinking but with my F, f list board it is all women it is all it is all women we've been working together for two for two years now and i have to say it's just fantastic I just love it. I love it so much. Amazing <laughs> bunch of women. <laughs> Everybody, you know, gives up their time. That they're there for the right reasons. Everyone brings different skill skills. You know what? We're, we're spread all all across the UK. The most northern one is in Glasgow. I'm in Cornwall. Um, another woman is in Margate. We've got somebody in Cardiff and everywhere in between. Wow. <laughs> and representing all genres of music. So there are four of us who, who work in classical music and, and um, somebody in jazz, somebody in you know electronic music, you know, so we've got all genres of music co- covered. And it, yeah, it's just such a positive experience. It's
0: just, um, and I think like, so as I've been thinking about this and listening to you talk about it I've been obviously feeling that I I know that being part of a wonderful board is 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 an amazing thing it doesn't necessarily need to be anything to do with gender and could be more to do with the people that are on the the specific people that are on there and what they're bringing to it but I suppose my experience of being on male dominated committees and boards has been and I think this probably is at least very largely a gender issue It's just been the method of decision-making and discussion has felt male dominated in the, in the way that a lot of workplace practices just are. And it's so inherent that you almost go back to not really being able to define where that becomes a, a sort of masculine trait. Do you know what I mean? So I suppose I was curious as to, as to how that felt and also whether it whether it felt like the whole way of discussing and deciding and so on was different
1: i feel yeah certainly with the effortless board and the and the ism board this it's you know they're very professional the very considerate you know, just the just the cultures of both of those org- organizations are really lovely. And, and actually, there's another board uh, uh, um, I'm on that I'd, that I'd like to mention as well. Parents and Carers and Performing Arts. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, and again, you know, the culture within that organization is just is just it's very um, it's very lovely and supportive and professional and hardworking, uh, you know, and all of those things that it, it's a collective but, you know, quite. So they're very deliberate, you know, you can change, you can change cultures deliberately.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: So I've not I've not always had such um, such positive experiences on board. So I'm having I'm having a great time with the board with the boards I'm on <laughs> now and and real learning, learning experiences as, as well. Nobody's sitting on their on their on their laurels. You know, there's a real. Um, um, willingness and open-mindedness about about in, in improving um your effectiveness as a board as well
0: yeah I think these things are all really important to anyone who's considering becoming part of a board because there's so the, the the prospect especially of an unpaid board membership is so um unappealing under circumstances, <laughs> certain circumstances if you're going to walk into something where you're where there's a dynamic that's not supportive or um not effective in whatever it is you're trying Mm. to achieve so i do love talking about good boards
1: (laughs) good boards yes they are out there who knew you know i mean i've certainly had experiences which have been um hostile Mm. combative um you know very very difficult and you know, you know those those experiences. Well, they open your eyes. They show you, they show you a lot. You learn a lot. Uh, but then when you you know when you go and participate in a in a um, in a non toxic um, environment, you're like, oh, this is this is what it could be like. Great. And with the and with the F list, I really you know bought yeah bought a lot of those experiences. Um, to that you know I put I put the board together and um you know I really wanted it to be to be a positive positive environment and it you know it's been it's been every one of those things so yeah we're gonna we're gonna go on and do and do great things I'm sure
0: I'm sure you are as well fantastic to hear about to hear about that. It's very encouraging <laughs> <laughs> wonderful um I think we could round off there as well. I do want to mention the F List Spotify playlist, of course, and anything else that, that you'd like our listeners to be aware of?
1: Yes, I mean just to explain very quickly that the, the, the F List, it's a not for profit I founded two two years ago supporting female musicians, but the main the main sort of visible core of it is the directory so if any of your listeners out there are female or a gender minority and they can create a free listing and put up you know all of their their biog images music links anything anything they want and then they can also apply to us to uh, have their music included in one of our genre playlists so we have a classical one and it is fantastic it's about there's about 5 hours of music on it so far but we we're very happy to uh, to keep to keep growing that, and then we have a um, a weekly playlist as well, which takes all of the latest tracks from all of the genres and puts them together, and that's all, also really uh, in, growing in popularity and really fantastic that you can be listening to some jazz, and then you get a, a, a you know a media composition, and then you get some. R and B and then you get classical piece and it all works really really well it's um yeah it's lots of fun
0: fantastic thank you so much for your input research and work Vic I'm sure we're all aware um that there is a gender gap and discrimination within the music industry however many still don't understand the dimension and impact of it your work is so important in highlighting this Uh, listeners if you are a female musician performer composer engineer anything like that and are interested in joining the f list please visit their website at www.f-listmusic.uk you can also find a link to the f list classical music playlist in our description which you can follow if you would like to submit works to be included in this or any other collection and we'll also include the other links to um, to the various things that uh, Vic has mentioned in this episode in our show notes as well It's been such a privilege to have you here, Vic, and thank you so much for your time and for your hard work in building a fairer industry for all.
1: My pleasure.